What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are good, doing great. Yeah, I got a little rascal in my voice, so bear with me while we uh, tune into this podcast and episode. So we're going to start off with LA Galaxy. So we got Alex Reese. Once again, Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Uh, what did you do outside of watch the Galaxy game this weekend? Um, Just chill. I went to Dodger Stadium on Sunday, watched them beat down on the Reds. So that was fun to watch. Um, that was really the, the main important thing I, I did this weekend. What did you do? Well, hey man, Dodger Stadium is pretty amazing. You can't. You oh yeah, can't go it wrong is amazing. With, you can't go wrong with Dodger Stadium. Did you get a Did you get a Dodger dog or what? Who'd you go with? I went with my uh, with my family. We went on Easter Sunday, so it was pretty nice. Uh, Julio Sunday. Rios signed my brother's hat, so that was really cool. Who did? Um, Julio Rios. Oh hell yeah, Julio. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's he signed my brother's hat, and he was like over the moon about that, and that was pretty cool. And we just had a good time enjoying the game. Um, the Dodgers scored like all their their runs in like one inning, so it was entertaining. It's definitely a good time uh, to be going to Dodger Stadium right now because there's, there's definitely like a lot going on with the city and everything like that. I saw Freddie Freeman. I don't know if it was that game that you were at, but I saw that Freddie Freeman was getting some chance uh, towards him, which was pretty amazing, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it's always it's always a good uh, good time um, to go to Dodger Stadium and experience that. Uh, we did see uh, Easter Sunday, so everybody uh, definitely, hopefully, everybody got an opportunity to, to check it out. I was uh, I was out of town, so I was able to you know c- celebrate uh, some of the part uh, c- celebrations from Easter Sunday. I was out of town. I got a chance to go to Coachella, so that was pretty cool. I got to do that. Oh, nice. So that's why my voice is kind of gone. So, and it's not from the yelling; it's from the dust out in the desert. That's what. That's where it is, <laughs> man. Yeah, I want to go to Coachella. So nice. I was watching uh, the weekend's uh, performance on YouTube last night. So it was so dope. Wish I would have been there. Yeah, no, that, that was cool. That was that was the ones that that was the one that I saw. But yeah, I was it, it was just get so dusty out there. So I don't know. It, just it, imagine if because uh, you know the Galaxy had their little mini preseason tournament at Coachella. Just like imagine they had like a mini preseason soccer thing going on over there. I wonder how that would be like. Yeah, soccer because I, I mean it's a pretty big area, and I, a, I think they'd a, have room massive. to fit it in. It's it, it's massive, so I, I definitely see it. If they definitely do that, I think it'd be a, a great opportunity because there, there's plenty. I mean, they they make the desert look really, really magical out there. So I mean, it's in the middle of the desert. So I know they did it this season. So hopefully for for preseason next year, uh, they're able to do something amazing because there's just a lot of people want to go there, and it doesn't matter how far it is from LA. There's just so many different things going on there. But now, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about this game. Um, I was able to catch, uh, you know, the highlights and everything. But from my, what I heard, it was not the most entertaining game. Game ended 0-0. But the Galaxy do get a walk away with a, with a, with one point on the road, which is always good. You, you always want to walk away with one point. But there was a lot of different things going on on this play, on this game and everything. But what did what did you see out of this matchup, Alex? What did you like? What didn't you like? Talk to me. I'll start with what I liked. I think defensively, the Galaxy were pretty good. I mean, let's take into account and for context. I mean, Chicago aren't really a a good attacking team. I think they're one of the lowest scoring teams in all of MLS. So it really wasn't going to be too much of a challenge for the Galaxy. But I'm glad they didn't. It didn't become a challenge. They didn't, you know, put a step wrong for themselves. They didn't do anything to hurt themselves during this game. So I think that's a huge positive there. Um, What I really didn't like was just um, Greg Vanny's lineup. Uh, He went with three midfielders. Kevin Leardam, Mark Delgado, and Ryan Vellison. 
no creative player. No Efrain Alvarez is a tennis start. Victor Vasquez didn't make the trip as he has a hamstring injury. So it was interesting to see how Vanny wanted to do this. And in the post-game press conference, he said he wanted a workhorse midfield. He wanted a midfield that would be able to, you know, win the ball back and, you know, help uh, recover and just do well to make sure the Galaxy are, are set so they can go forward. And while they, he, they did execute well in recovering balls, covering ground and making sure that Chicago really wasn't a threat throughout the middle of the pitch, it really limited the Galaxy's attacking options. And it wasn't until the second half when F. Ryan Alvarez came on and, you know, there's a little bit more one-two combinations here and there. Spaces were opening up. He was moving the ball forward that you really saw the Galaxy open up and really attack Chicago. So while I think uh, it was cool to see these three uh, midfielders in the 4-3-3, I don't think Greg Vanny's going to revert to that anytime soon because it, it didn't work against Chicago. Maybe it's because Chicago basically parked the bus for most of the game, but it wasn't effective in trying to get the Galaxy forward. And uh, until the second half happened where there was a whole formation change, you know, moving Julian Araujo to a more attacking role and Calvin Leardam sliding in and right back, you really saw some changes there. But I, I think this should be the last time we see Greg Vanny tinker with the 4-3-3 with those three midfielders specifically. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree on your points. I, th I think it's just when you look at the three in the middle, it, it, um, Leardam, Delgado, Robinson, that seems more of a defensive uh, uh, midfield to me. And you're right, there's no creative player right there, either Victor Vasquez, right? we've seen um, – Douglas Costa at times be that player, but he's playing up top. So, yeah, either it has to be Efrain Alvarez. You said obviously Victor Vasquez is it's not there, and it, which is weird because uh, Efrain Alvarez, uh, I think he started the, I, I think he started in the game with with uh, the, the Trafico. I think he finished the full game, and he goes from you know playing the biggest game of the year so far to not start not in the starting lineup. Uh, I think that's that's a little interesting, but yeah, I think that the the midfield could have used uh, a different uh, a different look because you're right. There's no creativity there. There's there's a lot more options on the bench. I, I would I, I think I would understand it more if there were if there was more injuries or something like that. But I think Efrain Alvarez has deserved. If, if Victor Vasquez is not going to play there, uh, yeah, I think I think it looks tricky. But you're right. If it's a four three three, I think this is the first one of the year we've seen. They mostly gone to a four four two. Um, but yeah, looking at this lineup, it, it, it's a little head scratching because to me, it just looks um, that midfield looks more defensive than anything. Yeah, um, once I saw the lineup, I was like, oh my God, these 90 minutes are going to be horrible. Double pivot <laughs> midfielders. Chicago don't allow, you know, the Galaxy to move forward. They don't allow their opponents to move forward. They make it so tough on you with the buildup and trying to get into their final third. So I was like, uh, this is either going to be like a really like good game where the Galaxy can really get on the attacking front or it'll be like extremely boring and no team's going to really advance anything. And unfortunately, it was the latter. Yeah, that's that's the thing that, that makes it so difficult when you play a team like like Chicago Fire, obviously, who aren't uh, as good of as a team as the LA Galaxy on paper. They were fighting tooth and nail the whole way from what I saw everything they made it tough on the other galaxy nothing was easy and especially when you don't have some of the creativity to break down the defenses and then and then looking at the back line of Chicago Fire they caught it they caught the LA Galaxy off sides a couple times if they just might have held I think they were there it seemed like they had Chicago Fire had practiced that because they they were on point on the offsides I don't know if you saw the same thing yeah, they were really good at near offside trap. And I think that's just credit to Ezra Hendrickson and what he's done to really make this defense uh, click because they're playing with a back five essentially uh, for portions of the game. And usually when the back five, you need to be extremely organized, make sure one guy isn't missing. Everybody knows what to do. And Chicago just executed it perfectly. 
you know, the two offsides goals that were called out for Chicha and for Costa. Uh, Chicago did well to maintain a good shape. And uh, hopefully Chicago becomes a little bit more aggressive, not so as pr- pragmatic as they are right now, because they were missing Shakiri in this game. I, they were missing their backup number 10, too, because he got a red card in uh, the Chicago's last game. So I, I think it was uh, it, it was a really interesting way to go at this game from a Chicago perspective, uh, knowing you're missing your most creative player and your backup most creative player. So I, I think Chicago are pleased with the result, and I think the Galaxy should be well, considering, you know, it was going to be really hard this entire game, especially the windy conditions. And a lot of the players complained about the pitch as well. So I think the Galaxy earned a point more than they lost two points. No, I mean, that's a, that's a fair that's a fair point, especially with everything. I do want to play Look, this. This is, this a, is the replay it's going to, be a to grind the handball. Let me see. Get okay it. with it. Get on the plane and come in a big way. Man, it's just. Yeah, VAR, man. It's just uh, we're, we're all trying to figure it out because so to you me, see there? that looks like a handball, like a blatant handball in the box should have been a penalty. So when you looked at that, uh, Kobe Jones um, was talking about that. He said he said that should have been a handball. What 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 were your thoughts when you saw that? I mean, Kobe's hundred percent right because while the handball rule has changed throughout the last couple of years in the interpretation of it. You know, now defenders nowadays, they have to put their hands behind their back the entire time. So um, I think Ravellison heads it to his hand. And, and because of the impact that the arm makes, it's affecting the play of the game. So at the moment, it should be a handball because Leardam's there ready to receive what's probably the service from uh, Ravellison. So it should have been a handball call the entire way. But unfortunately, they didn't call this. And then earlier in the game, uh, there was a moment where one of the Chicago fla- players, while he's going down, basically swipes the ball away while he's going down. And for some reason, that wasn't called a handball either. It should have been at least a yellow card while he's deliberately messing with the ball there. And the Galaxy were, you know, 100% right about, you know, complaining about that because it was it's definitely deliberate. And Vanny mentioned it earlier. I mean, uh, after the game in his press conference, he's like, I don't even know what a handball is anymore. So this was definitely should have been gone to VAR for like the ref to look at it on the screen because the way that the Chicago defender is just affecting the play entirely because of the movement of the ball deserves to go to VAR and have the official make a a call re-examining this play once again. Yeah, no, I think for me, when I see that, when I see that play, it was just, it was just, to me, it was just so interesting that they didn't, they didn't take it to VAR and they didn't get a penalty. To me, the LA Galaxy should have got a penalty out of that. Um, and I think to me that's that's one of the most that's one of the things that's like not consistent in the MLS. Like, are we are we gonna get? You know, I think as the league grows, the the, the refereeing bar and everything should get should get better with time. And it, it's unfortunately for whatever reason doesn't seem that like that play is very clear. You even have Kobe Jones who's talked about it. You know, and it's just it's a, it's unfortunate because it does take away from the game. Look, we're not going to say here, like, you should have, would have, could have, but that, I mean, that's very, very clear. So I don't know who, whether the refs got to do a better job or, or whatever the case is. It just has to me, it just has to be the consistent all the way through. If you're going to call that at every level, you're going to call that, you need to call it every single game. Because to me, that, I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, Greg Randy's right. What is a handball? What is it? Is it what the ref feels like that day? Because that's what it kind of seems like to me. I don't know. I just, I just think it's crazy. But look, nevertheless, the, the LA Galaxy had opportunities to put this game away, had a good opportunities to go up 
I'll go. I think if I felt like if they were able to just score one, I think Chicago Fire probably would have deflated. But unfortunately, um, Chicharito, I think he was caught offsides in the sec to start the second half. And then Douglas Costa's goal, he was called offsides. So I thought that was very interesting um, because, like I said earlier, Chicago Fire played played the offsides game really well because they they knew that they were they weren't able to compete in that game. But you're right. I think also the weather conditions. I think also uh, you know not having a full team like they have and dealing with that with this whole travel made it difficult for the Galaxy. But them walking away with one point, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they did the best they could in this game. There wasn't anything else he could have asked considering how defensive Chicago were. So they did their best. They mentioned conditions weren't amazing, both on the pitch and just the weather in general. But uh, overall, I don't think this game should be looked down upon. I mean, this is a new challenge for the Galaxy. I mean, I don't think they've played against a team that's this pragmatic and very structured defensively. So I think it'll be a good training exercise uh, considering they're going to play Nashville and Nashville are pretty pragmatic as well. So I think it might have been a blessing in disguise to have this game, look over the game film, see what we need to do, because Nashville will, you know, be a defensive oriented team. They'll want to catch you on the counterattack. So I, I think this was a, a good game for the Galaxy to have at the right moment. No, yeah, I mean, I, I think you make a good point. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a game. And it's also a busy week. Look, they got, you know, San Diego loyal tomorrow. So it's going to be interesting who Greg Vanny decides to play. How many minutes, you know, does Chicharito even play in this game? I don't know. I highly doubt it. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. You got Nashville on Saturday. So game tomorrow and then game uh, game on Saturday. Um, when you when you look at these games, I know I think we've heard Chicharito say, well, he did say uh, in the press call before Chicago. He was like, look, if we want to if we want to become, become champion, something along the lines, we have to play every game like El Trafico. Essentially three games in a week. That, that's a lot. Or eight days, nine days. How many, how many days in total? That's a lot of games. And I think we've seen this when the MLS was back going on, you know, during COVID. But, you know, you got to get some fresh bodies in there. You know, you got to get some fresh players. So who do you think will will get called up for this, uh, for these games to start for the Galaxy? Well, I think the number one player to watch is definitely Kevin Cabral because he didn't start this game. He hasn't started the last two games. He's been coming off the bench. And I think, you know, against San Diego, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Cabral to start considering he hasn't gotten a heavy amount of minutes. So I think having him and see if he's progressing this year because it's been a complete disaster in my opinion so far with what's going on with Kevin Cabral. The fact he hasn't been able to influence the game at all. Even when Douglas Cost hasn't played a majority of you know the last couple of games, he's still found ways to be progressive with the ball, be a you know creative player. And Cabral just hasn't been able to do that. He hasn't been able to be dangerous on the wings. He's got the footwork, the dribbling to be dangerous, but he just can't execute in the final third. It's just something there that just won't let him. So I think Cabral's a player to watch during this game stretch of games. Uh, Dejan Jovalich as well. I mean, Greg Vanny mentioned how he doesn't really want to wear out Chicharito this early in the year. So I think Dejan has to get a healthy amount of minutes around this point, and especially around the summertime when the games really start to be, you know, closer together, and then you'll have the League's Cup showcase. So you really don't want to risk injury to players um, during that time. And I think another player to watch too as well, um, I think defensively, probably Eric Zavaleta, I think, because he's, for me, he's a wild card on this team. He's got an MLS experience. He's won an MLS Cup with Greg Vanny, where he's played a majority of the team minutes in Toronto. So he's definitely capable of being, uh, I think, starting quality. But the thing is, he hasn't shown that in the last couple of years. And I think if he has a good Open Cup run, then I think there'll be you know conversations to maybe have him pair up with Derek Williams for a game or two. I mean, Sega Koulibaly right now is locked down the number two spot. He's been incredible um, so far. But I think Eric Zavaleta could be a wild card 
and maybe somebody that people, you know, want, want to be put in the starting 11 of the first team during an MLS game. So I think those are three players to really keep an eye on during, you know, these stretch of games where you'll see a bit more squad rotation as well. Yeah, no, I, I think you, you you make the great point. The big the big player that stands out to me is obviously the, the uh, Kevin Cabral because this is this is this would be a game, you know, not not the biggest competition, not the MLS competition. You know, it's the, the other guys that play in the league under you, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to get the same type. But this is a perfect game for for Kevin Cabral, who is a DP player to get, gain some type of confidence. You know, because right now it's not looking too good for Kevin Cabral, and we're going on. We're going to year two. It's still early into year two, but if we're still having the same conversations about Kevin Cabral, I want to say like a month, a month and a half, then it then it's just gonna you know it's not gonna go so well for for Kevin Cabral this season, I would say. But I think the U.S. Open Cup opened so many doors for so many players that whether they're struggling or they want to get more minutes within the first team, and I honestly I'm with you. I want to see with Jovalich. I know I can I, I can tell, just tell Jovalich has been dying to be on the pitch more. Oh yeah, he to looks show, hungry to, to get show, up Yeah, there. to show to show what he can do. To show like, hey, I can also score. I can also be be impact the scene because we've seen him do that. And I think the U.S. Open Cup, um, whether it may be a, a reminder to Greg Vanny or a refreshment to Greg Vanny, like, hey, this is what I can also do because look, obviously he, he doesn't he's uh, he's not going to start over Chicharito. That that that's pretty clear. Um, but I, I, I'm still in the belief that they both can coincide. I don't, I don't understand why they both can't coincide. You know, we, there's plenty of teams that we've seen in the past, uh, all over the world that we've seen two strikers play together. I know they play very similar styles, but when we see them play together, I, I've seen Jovalich uh, at times, you know, do the dirty work, which he would have to do the dirty work, and you know, let Chicha play at top. So I'm still in the belief that these two can coincide and play together at the same time, and maybe this can be a, a refresher for. Um, for Greg Vanny to see what Joe Village does. I think with Eric Savala, you make, you make a great point. I think there's so much competition in the center back position. You got Sega, you got Derek Williams, you got Nick, uh, Nick Dupuy. So it's like, you know, Eric Savala, what does he fit in, right? He He's he's the odd man out. Uh, he's, he's there as a depth piece, but he's also there for this game, uh, I would say. Whoever, whoever, obviously, whoever the starting, the starters are expected to be on Saturday, Obviously, I'm not gonna play this game, so I don't. I don't. I honestly don't expect to really see Chicharito. Maybe I don't think so, or Douglas Costa. Those two for sure. I just don't. I just don't see him playing any any minutes. I just. I just yeah. don't. You know, you got to save him for 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 Saturday. I under, and I understand. Uh, I'm very interested how Greg Van and Galaxy are gonna handle all of this with all these games because the U.S. Open Cup, the winner of the U.S. Open Cup, does get a, a CCL uh, berth, which is still important. So there, that's one out of the three. So you got to see which which one are you going to take, right? So it's like, are you, I, there's something, there's a there's there's a risk reward factor, and I'm very interested to see how the Galaxy play that. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned that Douglas Costa and Chicharito, they aren't going to play this game. Maybe in the later rounds, but definitely not this round for sure. And I mean, I think another interesting facet of you know just having these Open Cup games again is the midfield for the Galaxy just doesn't really have that much depth. If we're being honest. You know, they, they have they had a slide in Calvin Leardam into as a midfielder now in order to cover that up. But uh, aside from Delgado Revelison, uh, there's no real central midfield depth at that position. I mean, there's Danny Aguirre, but he barely gets any minutes um, with the first team. Um, he's always on the bench. So I want to see what he's doing. Saldana still is recovering from injury. And I think, you know, he might be an important piece when it comes to this Open Cup run because I like Saldani. He just needs to fix a couple of things about his defensive game. And I think he'll be a really good midfielder. I really like his presence on the ball and just how calm and he how he can really control the tempo at such a young age as well. 
um, but defensively needs to fix some stuff around. So I, I think they need to wait for him to get healthy. I want to see Aguirre, see what he can do as a midfielder because that's where he plays as well. Because if you're going to rely on Mark Delgado and Revelson all year long, you're going to wear them down, especially Delgado. I mean, he can run for miles, but at some point he's going to you know, need to take a break, take a breather and not you know, hurt himself or his body. Yeah, no, I mean that that that's what I'm saying. That's that's the key thing with all this. How how are you gonna balance it? You know, because there's there's players or you're gonna have to play these games and also this depends. Like you start doing well, you know, and then you know, playing two games and two games in a in a in a week is feasible. But when you got these three, you go from what Saturday to Tuesday to Saturday. That that's a lot of wear and tear on the miles. So We'll we'll see. Are, are you gonna go? Are you gonna go to this, Alex? Or are you no, I won't get this game. But I mean, I'll be definitely be watching this game. I'm really intrigued about this matchup because San Diego are a really good team in the USL. Currently, first place in the Western Conference, second place overall between West and Eastern Conference. So San Diego isn't going to be an easy team to roll over. Um, you know, you're gonna have Landon Donovan come back. Um, the the Landon Donovan revenge game for his statue. I don't know if he was too pleased about how it looks, so he might want to get some revenge. <laughs> Although, let's uh, talk, on let's the talk club. about that though. Let's talk about that because I think this is the uh, the first time that Landon Donovan has been back publicly. Let's put it that way. Maybe he's come back. Yeah, first time back. against the first team because last year he played against Los Dos. Yeah, but this time he's playing against the main LA Galaxy team. Well, the also thing is the last time he was there it was such a ceremonial thing. He got his statue. I don't know if I want to get too much into the statue thing. You know, I don't know. Did you like it? It seems like you didn't like it. Look, I don't experience. know. From the angles of it uh, <laughs> and just reading what people have to say about it, I don't think people were a fan of how it looked. Personally, I think it could have been a little bit better. I, look, I think it's going to look kind of, you know, it, it, we're going to look back at it like 10 years from now and probably like start laughing about you know how ridiculous it looks. Um, but overall, it's, I, unf- I, I think, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's I don't think it was. As good of a statue as Landon Donovan deserves, I'll I'll put it to that. That's that's fair. I, I would say that. Yeah, it, it's it needs it needs a, a little touch up. Let's put it there. It needs some touch up somewhere. But uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's gonna be good though to have Landon Donovan because you you get to see you know the the amount of hit, you know when Alex Galaxy and Alex Galaxy fans talk about the history and all that. You know, you have so many coaches around the leagues that that once played for the LA Galaxy, right? So. And now they're facing, like, you know, the, the Chicago Fire head coach. He faces his former teammate, you know, against Greg Vanny. And now, once again, you know, a player like London Donovan is for, is facing his former club. So it's it's really cool to see that impact, you know, get to see that that impact that the Galaxy have had throughout the MLS. And, you know, obviously, you know, London Donovan is, uh, you know, he was once Captain America. He was once, uh, you know, obviously the face of this franchise. Now he's battling against his franchise. So I think I think that's very special. And I know he's definitely going to try to win. And I know he knows that LA Galaxy are not going to have their, their full their full roster. So we'll see. I'm very interested to see how many people actually show up to the stadium as well because it is a Tuesday, uh, a lot going on. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. What else are you excited uh, about um, this matchup? I mean, uh, we mentioned earlier the players to watch as well. You mentioned the fans. I mean, I saw a tweet by San Diego saying, you know, they're going to bring buses to, you know, transport their fans to wow. Dignity Health Sports Park. So that's really cool from them. I mean, gas isn't cheap and going from San Diego to L.A., you know, it's <laughs> definitely cool. costly. So I think that's a great gesture for, from the San Diego uh, loyal to do that for their fans. That's incredible. Um, so I think uh, it's going to be a good atmosphere there, even though it'll be, you know, Tuesday night. I don't think. Stadium's gonna be full. I don't. I think that's like out of the. I don't even think they're selling the entire stadium, um, if I'm correct. But I, I think it'll be a good turnout at that game um, from both San Diego and Galaxy fans. I think it'll be interesting to watch. 
um, you know, these little storylines, Donovan against the LA Galaxy, you know, players to watch who really need, you know, some time and minutes. Um, but I just think this is going to be a, a big test to see how Vandy's going to handle the squad rotation. Um, considering June, July, I think that I think in June or August is you're going to have the League's Cup showdown. So you're going to have a bunch of games going on, you know, some weeks with two games. If you advance in the Open Cup, you know, you're going to keep playing games midweek. So it's going to be a test to Greg Vanny and, you know, him tinkering for the first time with squad rotation, how he's going to do this, who's he going to play for how long. So I think that'll be fun to watch. And overall, I'm just excited that the U.S. Open Cup is back. There's a lot of good matchups uh, around like the entire, you know, North American soccer. I mean, you can have uh, Inter Miami facing against uh, Miami FC, the OG Miami team. So I think that's a fun storyline to watch. Um, I mean, LAFC, I think they're playing uh, Orange County, the USL champions. So that's going to be another good game to watch. And I'm looking forward to watching all these games, or as many as I can. Yeah, and, I, and I'm just skimming through the schedule. Uh, April and May, I'm not going to go through the games, but it just seems very busy, very busy uh, games. You know, there's like games one after another, and depending how well the LA, the LA Galaxy do on open, open Cup. I don't know the whole schedule, but it looks like it looks like in June, the Galaxy, in June, they only have three games in June. Um, I don't know which ones are home, which one are which ones are away, but this month and at the end in May is is such a it's such a busy schedule for the LA Galaxy that you know May is when it's going to die down. May is when I'm assuming all the international friendlies are going on and everything like that, just basing off off the schedule. So they only play three games in June. So these next two months, this month and next month, are so crucial for 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 the Galaxy, right? Where they want to stay in the standings. You know what they want to do with with the Open Cup, managing um, managing uh, minutes, managing players. You know, right? Douglas Costa, Chicharito. You're trying to keep them healthy, right? You can never predict. You can never predict uh, injuries or anything like that. But you can also uh, try to prevent some of those things by you know recuperation, recovery, rest, and all those different things. Especially with all these uh, games coming up. So if we look, let me pull this up. If we look right now, the Galaxy. Uh, let me just share this screen. The Galaxy currently uh, sit in third place. Uh, if you see right there, Galaxy in third place with 13 points. Obviously, LAFC is number one. Austin's number two. Galaxy sit there uh, in third place. FC Dallas, which has been doing amazing things right there in fourth. I love Dallas. Yeah, I love me too. I, lo- I love what they're doing. And then you, the Houston, the, the Texas teams are doing good. Look, this is way too early, uh, you know, but I think it's, it's important to see where they're at, you know. You know, seven matches played, thirteen points. I mean, that's not bad. That's almost you know two two points per game if if you were to average it out. Um, it's early, Alex, but give me your thoughts so far how the Galaxy have done uh, in these seven matches. It's definitely early, but like you can see just how tight it is at the top. You know, I mean, uh, the Galaxy and you know ninth place Portland are separated by just three points. So a loss and a couple of results going not your way can really impact the standings and it's going to be tough to stretch i mean the galaxy are going against nashville like i mentioned pragmatic team you know they do got dangerous attacking players but they're going to be a tough team to break down um they're going to face fc dallas as well too dallas look amazing their front three is great nico estevez has done a great job in dallas i mean the houston dynamo also too they look really good and they even haven't even gotten hector herrera yet so I think once he comes, the Dynamo are just going to take another leap forward in their development. Uh, Austin as well, been a consistent team so far, come back from a 2-0 uh, deficit to win 3-2 last week. LAFC just keep rolling. 
they got i gotta say lfc have like some crazy depth on their team like i don't even know how how they have that compared to the galaxy like between the lafc and galaxy midfield lafc's depth is definitely way better than uh, the galaxies but overall the galaxy well i don't want them to be score watching and looking at the standings you got to make sure you keep up with you know the pace of where these teams are going i mean uh minnesota they look like they'll be heating up portland never count them out seattle sure they're in 11th but once ccl ends you know they're going straight up the standings so there, there's really yeah, can, isn't a time. You can never, you can never count out. Uh, you can never count out Portland. I don't care where where they're. At. Oh yeah, never. And and then one thing you mentioned too, uh, the the off season signings. You know, we got the guy. I forgot the guy's name from Toronto, who's coming from Italy. Um, the Insignia. biggest one. Yeah, one of the Lorenzo, right? Lorenzo yeah. signed. So he's coming. He's coming. Uh, you said Hector Herrera. So a lot of these clubs are gonna be are gonna look different. You know, so it's like some clubs are, may get better uh, over the stretch. So. We'll have to see what happens. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Alex, before we wrap things up? Um, I, I just think this rest of the month is going to be really fun to watch. I mean, you got to go to Open Cup tomorrow. You know, games against Nashville, and I think it'll be interesting to see how the Galaxy just finish out this month. It's going to be a really tough month um, in general. Even, you know, looking back at it, I was just like, man, the month of April is going to be tough considering, you know, they had El Trafico, Chicago, and then these next Western Conference opponents are going to be tough as well. So, um, definitely a crucial stretch for the Galaxy already really early in the year. But I think it'll be good for them. It'll be a good learning experience for Greg Vanny. I mean, they had last year to build off upon. They know they can't wear out Chicharito. They know they need to, you know, be able to rotate the squad a bit when it comes to these, you know, games between weeks and just having them build up on the players. So it's going to be interesting to watch how the Galaxy handle this. You want to make sure you don't fall down the standings because, you know, eventually you see you missing the playoffs at the last second of uh, the season. <laughs> so I don't think any LA Galaxy fans want to experience year. that again. So definitely make sure I, – I, I want to make sure the Galaxy close out this month strong. And I think LA Galaxy fans should be paying attention to that because if they close out this month strong, I think, you know, it's just going to be some positive momentum and just uh, good for the players overall and make sure that, you know, this project Greg Vanny wants of building a team that, you know, wants to compete for championships, I think that's a perfect step in the right direction, just having a good month in April – or you're playing your biggest rival, you're playing games midweek, you know, you're starting to really get to know one another on the pitch, your patterns, and just uh, what you do on there. So this has to be a strong month uh, for Greg Vanny and just, you know, push onto uh, April, get ready for next month, and just make sure you're prepared for whatever's next. Look, I would have to agree. And one way you secure that is by getting the wins and getting the points you're supposed to get. So I want to thank Alex. Alex for, from Total Galaxy, thank you for joining us once again.